Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, the number one gaming podcast in the Nordic region. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the gaming industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Aaron, and I connect businesses with talented freelancers within the Unreal Engine community. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ali Fahar from Star Stable, Nicole Weiberg from Frog Song Studios, Goran Merlin from Miss Games and Patrick Swartz from 8-Bit Bandits to discuss creating a healthy culture in a gaming studio. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some intros. Ali, do you want to kick us off with who you are, what you do, and how long you've been in the industry? Yes, sure. Thank you so much for the introduction. My name is Ali. I'm a technical producer at Star's Table Entertainment, which is MMO game company. We've been around for 11 years and a few months, which is amazing more than a decade. Uh, like I said, I'm a technical producer for two teams, Engine and Tools. I have been in the industry for uh, more than two years. I have been in the tech industry for around eight plus years. So I have been, I had a chance to work in different industry before jo- joining the gaming industry. I'm really so excited to discuss this today's topic because I believe it's super interesting. Awesome. And uh, Nicole. Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Nicole Weiberg and I'm the producer at Frog Song Studios in Malmö. A small indie studio, and I started working here in May, end of May. So I'm pretty new, and it's actually my first time working in the industry. So it's a it's a new world for me, and I'm very very excited to be here. Awesome, and Goran. Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Goran Mirland from uh, Norway. We are, um, yeah, I'm uh, running Miss Games in Stavanger. Been in the industry since. 2013, so uh, soon 10 years. Uh, we are specialized in uh, making uh, commercial fishing simulators, but we are now working on our new game that we hope to release uh, sometime next year. Um, yeah, so well, my job is mainly CEOing and uh, game design, uh, producing, Development in the Unreal Engine. Uh, we've been using Unreal 4, now we're using Unreal 5. Uh, yeah, so it's mainly things like that. Uh, yeah, so that was my. Awesome. And Patrick. Yay. Hey, I'm Patrick, uh, Studio Tech Director of 8 Bit Bandits. And uh, we're like a newly created studio, we're, we're a small one. We are less than 15 people currently, and um, I've been in this industry for over 10 years now, the mobile game industry, and um, I worked in the small and big companies. And uh, well, what I do, in this role, it's, and this, this hope fits me well, because uh, as a student tech director, I, I lead the, the tech team, and I also part of leading the studio itself, basically. I'm back around there. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you for them intros, guys. They were marvelous. Um, now we've got a bit of a background on everyone. Let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all got a question or a statement on creating a healthy culture in a gaming studio. So as usual, uh, we'll work around the room, asking each of you to pose your question and then some context behind of it. So each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So, Ali, do you want to kick us off with your question and just a bit of context on what made you choose it? Yeah, sure. Uh, today's topic is how we create a healthy culture in the gaming studio. Uh, like, But I want us to step out a bit and I want to ask, what does it mean when we say it's unhealthy culture? So, and I believe by doing that, we, we start can, 
start defining what makes a culture unhealthy, then we can start discuss solutions around it. If something we have experienced or something we're already doing to prevent this from happening. So I would like to ask my colleagues in the industry here, what do you believe that makes a culture unhealthy? Yeah, very good question. Um, no, I think, uh, mainly when you are running a studio, uh, and you have like, we, we have we have two Norwegian, the rest is from uh, outside of Norway. Uh, and also it's like a manage to include people, making sure everybody is allowed to express their ideas, suggestions without being shot down. Um, yeah, I think having like a little bit flat hierarchy also is a good thing to, to have. Uh, so people can freely kind of discuss and, and that's what we also see. That's where kind of the best ideas come when you, when everybody has something to say, and also making sure that people uh, are able to feel involved in the project. So when people get hurt, they're also more, uh, yeah, happy about being uh, being able to to get heard and actually get their part of uh, ideas into. The project for example and uh, things like that well so the main takeaway from your point that hierarchy might create a bit of complexity when doing a communication uh so in your in, in your opinion that having a flat organization will help out to like make the individuals happier because they can raise their voice they can contribute to the product or the the planning or different aspect mm, exactly okay Thank you for your point. Awesome. Does anybody else have, have any, you know, questions on, on Goran's point there or? Yeah, I, I can go next them. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, but, but, but actually I just stepped a bit, a little bit back there and I, I'm going to do the same because I think, um, unhealthy work culture, it can mean so many different things depending on who's in your team, basically. So it's, it's what, whatever the like whatever decisions are made or how you decide to work or like uh, strategy changes or processes that depending on how that makes the team feel. So if it, if it, if it makes them feel and whatever is happening, you know, it, it makes them not feel safe or unhappy or not uh, enough trust or they feel stressed and maybe that all it creates a bad uh, balance, so to say, and that leads to unhealth, unhealthy work culture. But those things that makes this happen, it might work really well, very well on another team. So, so there's there's not like one recipe that always works. So, so that, so to me, that's quite it's difficult to answer your question. What we're saying, like when you know your team enough, you know which recipe to to put on them. So then you create the healthy culture that makes them like drive and collaborate better and have more passion with what they do. This kind of thing. A really good point. Says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it feels like the each team they have their own team dynamics and uh, they need to have a cost recipe, like you said. I, I like this word because I've seen this. Like I, I, I happen to work with different teams and I can see different teams. They have different ways of working. They have different way of running the workshops, retro, and I agree with you. So that's so important for the higher up or the uh, leaders and managers, especially like us when we are like most of us producers, to have that in mind uh, when managing. Because I actually, I'm managing two teams right now, and I use different ways of working with each one. So one of them is you use Kanban, one is you use sprint planning. One of them we do retro this way, the other one we do it retro in, in the other way. And I will come to different uh, like challenges when like dealing with two different dynamics. But I, it's a very good point, Patrick. Like we should have that in mind. Different teams might require different ways of working or different uh, setup. Mm. Yeah, that's why it's interesting to discuss this as well because you know, we find new ways that might work basically on other teams. Awesome, and, and Nicole, you it's uh, yeah. I was thinking when I came in uh, as the producer, it's the first time that Forksong actually has a producer, and I'm a, I'm a Scrum fan, so. Uh, I didn't want to come in and just like stir everything up and change everything at the same time. Like I really want to wanted to give myself time to get to know the team and try to create 
uh, a system that works for us, uh, depending on which individuals are in, on the team. Uh, and then I was also thinking about something that I've heard or that I understood is a big problem in the game industry uh, with uh, crunch time. A lot of people working overtime, which uh, I think is a perfect way to create an unhealthy culture. Uh, um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you if, if is that something that has happened to you many times in your career? Yeah, we try to avoid crunch as much as we can. Uh, of course, there will always be times where there is crunch, of course. Uh, but I think it's also uh, important to be mindful about it and make sure that you plan good ahead so you're kind of avoiding ending up you have to do a thousand things two months before release or something like that. Uh, so to have to have healthy deadlines that's achievable and also involve the team in that decision for when should we deliver this and this milestone. Uh, from the very beginning, I think that's very important. So people kind of have that in their back of the head that, okay, March... Uh, 23, that's when we have the hard deadline and then everybody is, is kind of in the ball together and uh, we try to kind of move or move everything around and, and and make sure that we kind of manage to hold the deadline without working our ass to, <laughs> to death before we uh, manage to uh, yeah reach that milestone or whatever. Yeah, when it when it comes to crunch, uh, I, I I have experience of that in, in my past uh, companies that I worked with or in. And uh, there's like different type of crunches, sort of crunch work. So it, it's a little bit what you're saying, Goran. Like if you have, um, if it feels fair to do crunch work because the team is so passionate and they want to really like get this last features in and it, it kind of feels fair like okay let's have some fun uh, kind of it's, it's the work but we enjoy this but we order some pizza we sit late we finish this off those who can and, and want that's like the best crunch ever the, the, that feels really good basically but then you have the other uh, part where, it's, where it doesn't feel um, fine where it feels like it's coming from above it's put on top over you, like above from leadership, basically, uh, and it doesn't feel fair. And that, to me, it shows really an unhealthy <laughs> culture, so to say. So uh, yeah, if you if you if you keep your your team with you on the journey from start to finish, I think it can work out well. Anyway, even if you crunch. Yeah. I understand how crunch is really tied to the gaming industry, uh, and that's something. At least at Star Stable, we try to change because we state literally in our contract there is no overtime. Like we don't count, we don't count an overtime to get the stuff done. But to be honest, our product is being out for like a decade, so that's kind of helping us. We don't have a new game going to be out. We have a new content being pushed. Uh, we try to avoid overtime by any means. Sometimes something happened in live server, so uh, we try to compensate whoever try to do overtime work with like they can take time off so but we try to not count on that, on that as a like systematic way to deliver uh, but uh, what Patrick said is very interesting point because why I asked what makes a culture unhealthy because in the gaming industry it's quite unique compared to all the industries that I worked uh, at for the gaming industry because you end up working with a lot of passionate people uh, especially the young talents who came like from school directly they're super passionate about this and as producers and leaders we need to be very careful because they push the limits quite like you know to the like to the like to the ultimate and we might end up they are like burning themselves uh, and it happened sadly it happened to young devs young artists designers so we need to be uh, in my opinion unhealthy culture is also when we with the leaders they are not mindful to the people who are actually super passionate about the product and they stay way too late uh, so we need that something to have in mind and what I also I see like uh, it's quite interesting that what makes the culture unhealthy there's a lot of factors to it and it's different between people there's some of them quite big like major ones 
some of them it's quite minor, but for for some people it actually matter. Like in one of the like in one of the previous experience, people complained about the coffee. Like in Sweden, coffee is super important, but the coffee was oh my god, it was really horrible. Sorry for the company; they know themselves now. <laughs> but but a small detail, a small detail. Uh, people drink coffee every day at Fika or like uh, like they to rest and they want to discuss a bit. If that small experience is bad, it will add up. Then they will end up with something else bad. The noise level. So I I I I know an ex colleague always complain about noise level. Never complain about anything else. Like that person was fine with a lot of stuff. It could be like hectic for a lot of people. But that person was annoyed only because of noise level. So there's actually, we, we should be mindful to a lot of stuff surrounding the ways of working. It's actually the air quality, the noise levels, the how comfortable the workspace is, the colors that we're using, uh, like the light and the, like there's a lot of factors, but some of them actually outside of our control, but it might contribute that we end up with people have a bad experience here and there, then in, they end up being not being heard or uh, crashed sadly or over time, then we end up with like unsatisfied uh, uh, employees. Yeah, very good point. On uh, uh, we also had uh, lots of issues with uh, uh, not issues, but uh, challenges with uh, with with especially new people coming in, super passionate, working like cattle, uh, working way too much that they should. So you kind of have to put down the foot for them. Hello, take, relax, don't uh, take your uh, free time and make sure that you kind of, because it only goes so far and then it actually gets a problem for the person because we're always tired and then things start to annoy them and that again leads to that other people get annoyed and then you're starting to have these clashes and things like that. So absolutely important to, to be aware of seeing those things when, and be proactive and talk with them and make sure that, uh, yeah, that they don't work, work way too much than they should. Good points, everyone. Thank you for the, uh, uh, your answers. And I feel like we, we can conclude this, that. We agree this, like there's a lot of factors might contribute to make a working environment unhealthy. So I feel like it's our duty to be like, like uh, Joran said that being proactive and keep eye on all the small details might contribute to the snowball, making someone unsatisfied because they end up with like bad chair, bad table, bad position, noise level. Then person becomes angry. They go to an argument, the arguments start become something else and so we need to be mindful for all those factors that might contribute. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for all the answers. That was a, a brilliant, brilliant question, that one, Ali. Um, I like how, obviously, talking about the, the burnout in, obviously, a lot, a lot of younger people and younger talent coming in. It's something that um, I've worked with as well. Um, you know, personally and, and in the company now, we're very big on making sure that you know, you, you don't suffer from burnout. We've tried to take it from a few, um, you know, Nordic culture and stuff because it can happen. And it's not just in the, in the game industry either. Um, but no, very good points. Um, Nicole, do you want to, you know, kick us off with, with your question and just give us a bit of context behind that for us? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so the background for my question is basically that I come from a creative world, um, I think I actually said at my interview that I'm a, uh, I'm a square in a clouded shape. Uh, I have my creative side, I create music, uh, but then I have this organizational leadership interest and that's the reason why I'm working as a producer. Uh, but I think it's very cool to, to use that in a creative environment that I'm not used to and to, to be inspired by my very creative colleagues. Um, so I truly believe that one important part of creating a healthy culture is about boosting and maintaining the creativity of the team. So I wanted to know if you have any ideas about how to do this or something that you tried at your studio that weren't really well or something that didn't work out. Uh, what is what is special with your workplace uh, regarding, regarding the creativity of the team? I, I need to start this. When I, when I heard creativity twice, I need to chime in. Uh, 
it's super important. Like we all, we, we know what we signed up for. We love video games. We love the creativity. We love the message that we're delivering, the systems, the interaction, the messages we're delivering. We, we are building an experience to humans. And I, I believe this is a very hard task and we are so passionate about it. There's a lot of pieces that we do in our daily task is not as fun. Sometimes we need to do stuff like fundamental revamp, uh, tech depth, something is not as fun, but it's needed for the future uh, deliveries. How we can keep our people motivated and excited about what they're doing. Uh, we did, we, we're doing something I'm super proud of, and I'm more than happy to share the recipe with all of you. And I'm more than happy to actually even do one-to-one -one after if that helps and share everything we're doing, because I believe the more we do something like this, the more the gaming industry would grow and people will being happier and they would remain at their studios even longer. Uh, we did by doing multiple of uh, like actions, but the biggest one was actually called Passion Weeks. So we started by doing something called Passion Week and we did start doing four weeks a year in each queue. We allocate this time fully, five days, full week to everyone at the company to do whatever they want. It sounds scary to a lot of people. Like, what are you telling me that the entire company will do whatever they want? Yes, I'm telling you the company can do whatever they want. I, I have a big list. I can share with you how many amazing features we have right now in live started from those passion weeks. So how it works, we invite the entire company to a passion week. We, we, we keep evolving. Now we start to do brainstorming session. So we invite everyone who wants to a different brainstorming session. It's my favorite. When you have all the amazing brains in one room, designers, artists, everyone, they put their ideas on a board and they recruit for people. So, Hey, my ideas do whatever this, there's something in the game who wants to do that with me, 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 perfect. Who wants to learn and read five with me, even though. We have our own engine and our own tools. we find that our employees learned different engines because after all, this will inspire them. This will, we might end up doing something aside using a commercial engine. They're happy after all. They, so they can use this time to learn a new skill or to develop a new feature or a proof of concept to something else. Uh, we start to see that four weeks, uh, it was a, a bit uh, tough to find allocate time because we have a lot of deliveries. Then we did something, in my opinion, it works even better. So we start to have two weeks and five Fridays. So it was amazing mix in between, and it, it's working very well. So people start to have two weeks, fully weeks, and each Friday they can work on something. And we start to see a pattern. Some people start work, team up with some people in the first week, and they continue working in the, in the second week. A lot of those uh, features wind up in the product uh, roadmap. Uh, since we did that, I noticed the like excitements, the uh, happiness after each week. It's just in, like really fantastic. Um, it benefits the company a lot. All these amazing features floating from Passion Week. We are using it in uh, in our game right now, and we have a lot of amazing idea waiting to be uh, shipped in the future. So this is one of the uh, things that we're doing at Star Saber, and it's working very well. Thank you. That's so nice to hear. We, we actually have a similar uh, concept at Froxon. So we have uh, craft days. So one Friday each month, uh, the team can do whatever they want. And maybe, as you said, you can learn from one another. Maybe someone wants to become better at a certain program. They can sit down together or someone sketching on something. So yeah, I, I really believe in, in that concept. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, not, not to make this a, a competition now, but at Epic Bandit, <laughs> we also have something similar. So, so um, we call it Future Friday. And I, I think it's very similar to what you both described. So I, I don't want to go into the details, but one, one thing that wasn't mentioned, which I think is extra cool with this, is uh, because we always end the, we have we have it every second Friday, basically. We, we do the similar approach, like you said, and, and we end the days with the, uh, like yeah, as a short presentation. So you, you show off what you did and kind of celebrate the learning. So we all learn within the studio together what you've done. I, I, I bet you do something similar. But, and then uh, I see people nodding. And uh, well, I think the, the, the cool thing, it's pretty relaxed. So you, you don't have to succeed always. 
And, and that's what I really like with these open days that you're, you're allowed to try something new, a new craft or whatever, and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really shitty as an artist. I'm, I'm glad it's, I'm an engineer, basically stuff like that. And I think it, it really helps like, yeah, keeping a, a fun and a healthy culture, I would say at, at least at our place, it works well. Yeah. We have also. We have tried to do something similar, uh, but sometimes it's no time to do it. So uh, that's also a little bit challenging. Uh, but we have seen uh, when we do that, uh, that a lot of the things like also Andy mentioned, that the things that they create and stuff like that, it's so helpful. They learn the like texturing, different types of methods, how they can uh, use the alphas and stuff like that. Then, yeah, so it's really cool to, to absolutely do something like that on a regular basis, I would think, uh, to make sure that people do something new, something fresh, something they like to do. So they kind of, it boosts their own confidence as well. That, wow, I managed to make this uh, cool effect and look at this and, uh, uh, so I, th I think that's a super important thing to, to have a uh, good motivation for the team. I just want to comment on that. Patrick, you said that you do that uh, Fridays, which is amazing, but I highly recommend try a week once because a week will give, give us more time so they can use the previous Friday to plan a week. If, if you will be, you will be amazed what people can do in five days in a row, if they team up, uh, because we started as actually only days. Then we tried this week's and it was really, it, were, it, were, it went very well. So I'm just like, I highly recommend trying a week. If you never, if you never done it, or maybe you did other. No, I, I trust you. It sounds cool. Cool. Uh, I just want also to, uh, share something that as producer, I feel like we have a saying in our roadmaps and what goes in, uh, what end up in the road, our roadmap. I feel like it's also on us to, uh, when committing to a roadmap, make sure to allocate like some percentage to what the teams want to do. If it makes sense, of course, like some, some people, they have a crazy idea that will take like ages to implement, but some of the team members, they will ask for something. In my opinion, it's very reasonable. It's needed, but you know, when, when the directors, uh, the studio or the higher up like plan, they, they usually miss like the fundamental parts. Like you need to refactor this to be able to doing that. They just highlight, we need this new system. We need this new feature with this new gameplay mechanics, but hey, we have a lot of tech depth we need to solve before reaching that point. But then you will you will have that senior program and your team asking for this for years. We need to allocate time to actually refactor this code because there's a lot of passionate programmers. They want to have to optimize the code and make sure it's as good as, as much as possible. So what I try to do to allocate like 20%, 25, as much as I can from my roadmap to give the team what they want to focus on. And that works very well because that's actually one way to feel like first they are heard. Second, they are doing something they're passionate about at least a little bit along the big deliveries that we're doing all the year. So that's something I feel like we should also have in mind. We should fight for a room for the team to decide what they want to work on any, every quarter or every year. Yeah. It's just that. Like us, we are a very small team. We are like, now we are 14 people in total and we are seven in the office and the rest is remote. So it's, it's not so easy to do that always because, and we also have a little bit rough deadlines and things like that. So, um, but we, we have released two games and we never had time to kind of do this thing and and when we first now two yeah one and a half year ago actually did it for over a month together uh that really like uh, pushed uh, uh yeah the creativity of the team and everybody was like embracing it and and did a lot of cool stuff that we now can deliver even better uh features and uh, and uh, assets into the game uh, that we're working on now so yeah so, uh, I don't know if it's hard when you're small because everybody is so dependent on each other and you have this project you just have to deliver. Uh, but of course, as you grow, uh, I think finding time to do this is, is important. 
something, uh, something that's, that's because we, I also work in a small studio where about 14 people as well. Something that I think has worked well for us is, um, and kind of, uh, when, when you're about to implement a feature or working on a feature, we leave room for, yeah, let's say creativity. It's, it, it's not like whatever, we, doesn't matter which craft it is, but then there's not hundred percent detail of how things must work, you know? So, so there, there is a room for someone to like try out, go, go, go a little bit outside the description of what the feature is, just to see if they feel that this works a little bit better. So they can show that, let's say I, as an engineer can fiddle a little bit extra with, with the design, show the designer, like, do like this, oh, it's much better. Let's do it like this. And I think things like that also, if you have like the, the culture that that's okay to try it out, you shouldn't go and like spend five days doing your own little thing, but, but if, if you just leave room for have small uh, tweaks and stuff that I, I found that, 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 um, makes, uh, I mean, it, it makes people collaborate even better keep a good discussion and it also opens up for people to stay creative and solve problems together. That, that's really actually nice uh, because sometimes it happens, like I've seen this happening in my previous jobs and current one, but the way you describe it, it feels like it's actually part of the implementation. Like it feels like keeping a space in every feature is part of how you work, which is something, to be honest, I never heard of like to that level of the, like to that degree that like yeah that's how we do stuff we always leave a space to the designer artist uh, programmer to the, add their touch or try things out this is really nice actually uh, this this is one of the takes away that i would take with me today um uh, yeah thank you for this uh idea actually i like it you're welcome <laughs> awesome and um, thank you for for that question as well nicole There's some really really good points there um from everyone obviously patrick Ali, you've been in the office business a little bit longer than Nicole, um, and you know, just showing a bit of hindsight on how you how it's worked with your studio. Um, so Goran might be able to maybe take it a little bit away um, and use in his studio. So very very cool. Um, and Patrick, um, I just want to sort of change direction and just go with with your question, and then obviously just give us a little bit of context on, on, you know, what made you choose that? Uh, yeah, so we have, we've talked a little bit, well, I've talked a lot, but a bit about uh, what kind of, uh, breaks health culture and, uh, we mentioned, uh, maybe like crazy deadlines and stuff like that. But, uh, my question is, is, um, more directed, like, um, what, what challenges have you faced that breaks the the healthy culture and how have you addressed it and hopefully like if it helped like share share with us your your learnings basically yeah i can i can start because it's kind of uh links together with the creativity question as well actually uh but we had a uh, an external decision that totally changed the outcome and progress of a project um and of course as well as the motivation level of the team and uh, people were feeling all kinds of feelings. Um, so at one point we actually had to stop working on the project. And then we decided to have two weeks of game jam just to like forget about the past, try something new and get people on board again. Uh, yeah, and that was, that was actually very valuable for the team and something that was much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, it was a rough couple of weeks and from the management's perspective, it was really important for us to sit down and try to find a solution to handle it straight away. Uh, when it comes, yeah, external decisions that come comes out of nowhere. Uh, I think that's uh, that's one of the the biggest challenges I've met so far. Well, I can yeah. I can add to that that I mean, COVID changed our lives in certain aspects forever, in my opinion. Like way like working remote, it's something will happening forever, which is one of the one of the good side of sadly what happened in the COVID, but sadly when we work from home for a long period, we, for, we, we forget how to celebrate or that we need to celebrate. So we start to have this mindset, this is done, let's start this one. This is done, let's start the second one. So we start to have this 
production line mindset instead of like reflecting and celebrating. So we start to realize that, hey, we have like, I was actually making the slides for the company telling what my team did or teams did last few months or year. Then I was writing the slides. I was like, it was during the like kind of late. I was like, oh my God, have you done all of this? I was like surprised. We have done a lot of amazing stuff. We never celebrated that. We never like, just because we were working from home, all of us, then we start to go back to office, luckily most of us. So we start to be way better about like celebrating. Whenever we do something big, we take time, take time off. We celebrate, we gather, we, we cheer up. Uh, when we do something, we do always retros and reflect. Reflecting is something I feel like we always forget to do. And it's so bad to finish a project and start a new one immediately without giving a time to the team to reflect what went well, what went bad, how we can improve, because this might be a very good starting point to your next project. So uh, we should never skip reflecting uh, on every de big delivery. So uh, I see that, yeah, ce celebration and reflecting something uh, we start to be stuck at, all of us, in my opinion, uh, during COVID, and we carry that over. So we should remind ourselves to step back and just try to reflect more and celebrate more. Uh, good points. Yeah, um, breaking the culture. Um, that's, uh, it really depends. Uh, of course, I've also been in very, I have to take tough decisions sometimes because uh, you you have people who are starting to get toxic, uh, spreading around all this negative energy, things like that. So and then, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, being proactive, take them out of this, uh, talk with them and see if there's something you can do to help. Uh, but sometimes, no matter what you do, it doesn't help. So you kind of, you have to take the decision and just get them out of the team. Uh, so I think that's... And of course, that also sets back the rest of the team because someone liked him and uh, he was doing a pretty good job, but still he had this toxic mentality that just spread uh, through the studio and everybody was unhappy and people didn't want to come to work at some point almost. Um, so that's how bad it can be caught <laughs> uh, if you don't do anything about it. Um, so, but... Like only and um, Patrick also mentioned this, like try to to celebrate um, each step of the way. Um, like we used to do, we uh, when we do research for our games, we bring the whole team. So that's kind of our uh, uh, nice scattered thing. We we travel somewhere and we meet people learning about what we are making everybody gets a little bit hands-on for what we are creating uh brainstorm ideas and things like that so it's like kind of uh, even if you had like a bad time you kind of have to kind of turn around and and, and find a good path uh, and also it's important especially uh, when you're leading a team to make sure that you kind of try to move as much disturbance around the people because we are working in a creativity industry and people has to, we have to be creative but when people are pushed down it doesn't work anymore but you cannot be creative like this it takes time to kind of get into this flow um so so uh, yeah so i feel it's super important to kind of stay on top of it but also making sure that people are included and 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 get seen uh, no matter what because some people are uh, doesn't say so much but they have this anger inside and someone like making all this noise in the studio and those are often the people you, you only listen to but you don't talk so much with the introvert so doesn't say so much but yeah so it's kind of you have to move around uh, uh, quite quite quickly to to make sure that it doesn't hurt everybody even if you have to uh, clean up sometimes but it's how it is you just actually sparked two uh, 
points actually after your talk, Goran. Uh, first of all, actually, uh, you're right. Like you might encounter that some individuals uh, really silent and some individuals like happier. And I am I am so happy when I see this uh, uh, like uh, colors in the team because then you mean you have a very healthy team because you need people to look at the challenges that problems from different angles and that's how we complement each other. But we need to be mindful that we're different. Like. I'm so happy, so excited. I create a lot of noise. My colleague next to me might be want to be quiet, have like a bit calmer. Uh, and we start to be mindful to that point where we actually start to do workshops. So a quick example. Uh, we, we uh, in Tools Team, we build tools for the internal users. So all our clients are actually inside the company, designers, um, uh, uh, artists. So we, we made a forum for them so they can visit us and request immediately to us. So by doing that, first of all, they are, they are heard. We enhance the communication and relationship between us. But then I noticed that six or like even 10 people come to the meeting, only few people talks because you need to raise a hand and talk like this podcast. Then we noted that mm, maybe not everyone actually would like to do that. So we did something different. We start to do use Miro instead. So we start to have a virtual board, even though like uh, instead of only talk verbally, and we start to say, you can write down your ideas if you want. And guess what? We get a lot more by doing that. So these small tweaks can make a lot of change when doing a meetings or a workshops to be mindful that some people don't like to express or speak in front of half of the company or multiple people. So give them a way to express themselves. And this is a way to enhance a healthy culture. Uh, and doing that in retros, people can ex express their feelings. We also did something super uncommon in the Nordics. I've been here for a long time. I've never seen this happening except in my company right now. I'm super happy we did it. When I when I say it in front of you, you will say, oh, okay, no, I don't believe my team would like to do it. But guess what? After doing it, it went, it went really well. I'm so happy we did it. What we did, we asked the entire team, are you okay with having one-to-one -one with each other and telling what Nick, what uh, like what Patrick's doing good and Patrick is doing bad and Patrick do the same for me? And everyone said, yes, let's do that because we have a good intent. We want to actually give a, a constructive feedback. I was nervous. Everyone was nervous because, you know, we never done it to that scale. You do that with your colleagues, with someone you trust, but we did that with the entire team. So I was going with one-to-one -one with everyone Hey, Ali, you're doing this amazing work here and there, but you can actually do this and this and that. I was so happy. I was so happy. I collected a lot of stuff. I actually improved myself. It was so genuine, so amazing. But we need, be, we need to be careful in implementing this because if there's already conflict between members, this might escalate. So you need to be sure all the team are onboarded that it's constructive. It's something I like you because that's why I'm giving you this feedback. You need to be open-minded and listen to it. It went very well. One of the teams decided to do it anonymously and uh, not face-to-face, -face, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. We collect a lot of good feedback. It ended up with the, with the person. There's something really nice. We should be open to talk. We should be able to speak with each other. Doing that will reduce the number of conflicts and this like anger, like, you know, uh, just inside waiting for the wrong moment to explode. Like in some workshops, someone start to be angry for no reason. No, there's a lot of reasons. It just happened to be exploding right now. And so, yeah. So this went very well. So yeah, one-to-one -one feedback between teams is a very nice uh, technique. A very nice um, suggestion. So yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I, I think I never heard about like a whole team doing one-on-one, non, not anonymously, so to say, because the the other way around, I've been part of, but uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> so you, you all stayed friends after that. We are. I mean, trust me. Trust me. We were. We like when it went. When it it was done. We gathered all of us, and everyone said the same comment. I was expecting a lot worse. <laughs> like, we went like, okay, I will. I will have no friends after this. But actually, it went very well. It went. It went amazingly. So I encourage you. But please be be careful that everyone need to be on board. It's open minded and go there, and be happy with the feedback. Yeah, that's that's very important to do that. And did you celebrate after that as well? I don't recall. We celebrated a lot since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but the, it was good vibes. It was really good vibes. Uh, like I said, the the feedback I got from there it helped me a lot. It really pointed the stuff I actually I should really work on. I'm so happy I got this genuine feedback from different perspective because you got this feedback from your manager with one to one, and sometimes they say, "Yeah, I've heard this from someone. You could improve there." But the entire team who's actually working with you on day to day, they know you way be way better than anyone else, and they are different. So they see you from different angles and they can different criticism. Some of them would point you some more text, some would point you to more like being more earlier with meetings or faster with running the uh, stand up, something like this. Yeah, that's a very good tip. I think that's also one of the big challenges. Like people find it very hard to to both give and receive feedback and uh, to find different methods for that. That's uh, very important. Uh, I think one one thing that we actually did with my music crew back in the day, uh, we would give each other feedback, and it would always be very, very, very square. Like we would start, uh, I Nicole, I have the need of blah 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 blah. When you said or when you did this, that made me feel like this, and and so on. And uh, it felt a bit like yeah, uh, weird at the beginning, but it actually works really really well when you can sit down one to one and be honest, and and you get a lot of it out of it but you said something very keyword here building this like uh, we shouldn't start immediately with like team that have a lot of conflicts you know what let's take let's talk one-to-one -one. no <laughs> like maybe start first with the workshops anonymous uh, team building activities afterwards couple of steps then we're ready to actually do this one-to-one -one feedback uh, so yes there's like a strategy need to be built and like Goran said that this could works for or oh, sorry Patrick you said that this could work for a team but something might need a bit more time a bit more activities so yes this this will differ between team and team members and how long they've been working together as well awesome now it's a brilliant question that Patrick and some really good take on points there from everyone from um celebrations to the retros which you know we do ourselves you know taking you your team out like Goran and you know doing the the sort of excursions with them um the the one-to-ones is a really interesting idea actually um i really like it in terms of obviously about the topic at hand you've got to make sure that everyone is sort of on board with it as well because like you know patrick sort of said you don't want to create a sort of getting that bad sort of you know unhealthy culture right with you know you've got someone that might not take criticism well and not really on board with it so i like the idea of you know making sure everyone's on board and, and you're slowly building up to that point so really really good really like that um but goran um your question and some context please yeah i could uh take um yes so the gaming industry is of course uh we have a lot of people around the world uh working together um so kind of finding a good uh, way to kind of, because people are different, everybody's different, of course, um, but you also have this culture difference, which sometimes can also be a clinch in a team. Uh, so uh, from my experience is that you're um, like, <laughs> what kind of challenges have you experienced with people that comes from th with different backgrounds um also now that we work remote uh it's also a challenge for many um yeah so i just wanted to to um to hear what kind of experience and, and yeah people know we're on that i can start uh we we are 200 plus and my company we are from 30 plus nationalities uh so we're pretty much very diversity, like diverse in, uh, in my company. Uh, it's working well because actually for one reason that the the goal of the company that everyone apply for Star Stable, they're actually believing like the goal. Every girl is a hero. That's, we are all there because of that purpose. And that's really make our mission easier. Because I understand people from different cultures, they have different way of talking, different like the voice tone, the way, like the hand, like, uh, gestures there's a lot of body language difference between uh, cultures and uh, the place where they're coming from so that's might create a lot of conflicts or misunderstanding communication language barrier uh, but in, in our case since we're believing the uh, the mission of the company that 
makes everyone aligned and we have something in common, all of us. So that was made a, a lot of stuff easier, to be honest, as a start. Second, we did a lot of, uh, we do a lot of activities and afterworks. Passion week, like I mentioned, we encourage everyone to start with, to work with people they don't work with usually. And that helped a lot. Like that's how I got to know a lot of people that I would never meet in like in the daily meetings or because they work on completely product line or com completely different product. So that's one way to get to know a lot of my colleagues. So we're doing a lot of activities after work, clubs, uh, like something, I encourage everyone to, some people love board games or certain video game or something. That's helped a lot to get people to speak. Uh, we still have this issue when working remotely. Uh, so we, we try to, uh, in the, when introducing someone to the company, uh, actually during the interview, we have a culture, like a piece where we're actually making sure that actually whoever applies, actually they're aware of the culture. We enforce that during the onboarding. So they're pretty much aware how we deal, how we interact, to be kind and helpful beforehand, before they start interacting. And of course, you need to enforce that by doing a lot of workshops, one-to-one. -one. Uh, but that's how that's how we handled it at Starstable. Yeah, I, I, I almost find this question difficult to answer because to me, having like a, a mixed culture within the studio it's just a benefit. It's awesome. And I, I understand that it can create like individual problems. Um, I mean, from my own experience, I, I once moved to Barcelona to work in a studio there, a gaming studio and, and people were <laughs> basically, I was, I, in that team, I was the only one speaking just English and not Spanish or Catalan. So, so that, that, that created some problems, but. That's more of a language barrier. Apart from that, I, I totally agree with Ali, Ali in the sense that uh, because in, in our studio now, we, I don't I haven't counted, like we're, we're different uh, uh, nationalities where we come from like a lot, but, but we're all, we're all here for the same thing. We have a passion for creating the games, like have, uh, <laughs> have fun together and, and, uh, and do a good job and like take care of each other. On, on this journey. So um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what, and uh, I, I don't have much uh, like a, a good, um, uh, like a healthy tip there. I think it's, it's, it's may, maybe I learned like what we do. We, we don't do a uh, full remote currently because since we're a pretty newly created studio, we said like in the beginning, let's all uh, make sure everyone comes to the studio so we get to know each other. We're, we're, we're small, we need to set the culture, basically. And once we have the culture, then we can think about if someone should work remote only. But before that, of course, you can work from home if you need for some reason, but always uh, we aim to go to the studio just to get to know each other. Because I, I, I guess that's the problem. If, if you're different than someone else, you, you need to get to know them. And then you can work better together. There you go. I found a tip. Yeah, at, the, at Frogsong, we're, we have two contract roles that are based in other European countries, but the rest of us, we live here in Sweden and we are Swedish. So we don't have like many nationalities to work with. For me, it's more the challenge of having a team that is like half the team is remote and half the team is at the office and still being able to create the, the team feeling. Uh, but I find it very important because we we speak Swedish at the majority of our meetings, but as soon as our community manager, uh, who's Polish, as soon as he's there, we have to switch to English, of course, because otherwise he's not going to understand. Um, but we also have the Friday afternoons. Normally, that's when we all like play games and hang out on Discord. Uh, and then if, if our community manager is there, we will, of course, speak English and make sure that everybody can join. Uh, and have fun together. Uh, but yeah, I think that's really been my challenge as well, because I work from the office. So of course, getting to know the people who work here has been easier than the people who work remote. And some of them, I haven't seen their faces. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it sounds, thanks for the input. <laughs> Finding good uh, ways to do it, of course. Um, 
Yeah, we also have, have a lot of experience with the remote thing. It can be really, really challenging sometimes um, because you don't, if you're sitting somewhere else and you don't interact with the team on a daily basis, it's hard with what we have done. Uh, or we try to do is like we fly them in here to Norway, stay for a week, be part of the team, do some nice stuff together. Um, so we, we kind of, building those bonds as early as you can, even if you are remotely, because it's so easier after than he knows how to express himself, who to ask for different things and things like that. So yeah, um, no, thank you. Yeah, I just, I thought of one, one thing also when we, we had a workshop um, and I wanted them to discuss in, in a question in pairs. Um, then I made sure that the, they would team up with one one pe person from the office pairing up with one person that was remote. Because uh, otherwise, I think it's easy that you just team up with maybe the person you speak the most to during your work days. And that might not be uh, one of the people working remote. Uh, and I think that was good as well, because we got a lot of good input from that uh, by people. Maybe speaking with someone they haven't spoke to that much before. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a good way to go as well. Yeah, my second question is... Uh... That I have very good experience with. <laughs> uh, after you release your game, uh, you get all this buzz around the internet, uh, good and bad uh, feedback from fans, cheering, super happy with what you created. And then you have this other part with toxic and unhappy players who just do everything they can to put some negative stuff in your way. Um, uh, and we've seen that uh, affected the emotional uh, feelings of the team. Uh, so any other good advice how to handle this part? Patrick, you start first because always me and you and I faster. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> appreciated. <laughs> uh, well, um, I mean, first of all, to me it's like when when you're able to release something that you can receive external feedback on that's that's like a huge achievement i mean it's great you have been able to ship a product people care about it and and that's worth celebrating and like which which means that uh, you should really boost the team and celebrate and and maybe also like uh, mentally prepare them a little bit if, if you feel that that's needed because there will always be like toxic trolls out there shouting loud complaining and they will be the loudest one you have to let your team know that the, the, the loudest complainers they are just a small fraction of the player base so uh, don't let them win like boost your team to have more confidence and and i would also pick up pick out like the golden nuggets like and that's on social media and, and it's shared and tip like, look what these people are thinking they think this is great and you did that and look how much they love this feature and and they just listen to the good voices in the world <laughs> and, and and try to don't uh, care about the, the rest i would say that's my advice so like boost your team so give, give them strength to don't don't get let down, but uh, it might be tricky as well. I don't know, but uh, that, that's what we have done in the past. Really good point. I agree with you. Sadly, the most negative comments, they usually uh, take most the uh, attraction, but uh, I feel like I had a discussion with one of my technical leads. Uh, he's senior and he's been in the industry for many, many years. And he said something, actually, I believe it's interesting. Sometimes we do this mistake. We take a screenshot of a negative comment from Reddit or something, and we post it in our channels. I don't believe this is actually a good idea to use our communication channels as a platform for those like negative comments. Um, how we how we handle this? Like we have actually a team who are actually collecting all the feedback from the social media. So actually, we we really try to follow up in most of the comments, especially the constructive one. But I I we don't. I'm an uh, to be honest, like myself, I don't. I'm not a big fan of exposing the dev team to all those toxic. Uh, like uh, feedback and comments because some of them they're really like they cross the line like 
some of them they're passionate some of them they are really really top they they really cross the line in all the aspects and sometimes they go a little bit more personal uh which is really sad like sometimes they even include names like we i, ha I have seen some bad experiences uh so i prefer to protect the team sometimes from those kind of comments even though we need to tell them they love this they didn't like that like we we're so we have we have this weekly we have a, a social media team present to the company the players love this so much they said this and this and that they didn't like this and this and that so that more like constructive feedback we always share negative and positive but i'm i'm a big fan of not using our so like slack or whatever discord we're using to share the toxic ones that will lead to nowhere just to basically just it's not even constructive just like they want to make someone feels bad for no for i don't know what reason so that's how we are handling uh those kind of situations uh we, from my experience we had a uh, really rough release on our second game because we rushed it a little bit too too early uh, for the release, uh, and the two three first months was insane. You had this uh, cross the line a lot, uh, and even like threatened to come and put stuff in our office and things like that. Um, but but what? And of course, a lot of players are just passionate about what you have created so they just love it but it doesn't work there's some bugs that causes problems and of course uh what we also see is that they have other personal problems and when we kind of start to interact with them uh they show a different side of them oh we got the response and then they are like thank you for answering they didn't expect that you actually interact with them uh, and many of those we have kind of flipped around and, and now are our, our like ambassadors for our pro products. And, and, uh, but of course you have those who will never be happy no matter what you say. Uh, but it's like you, both of you mentioned Patrick and Ali like try to distance the team, but the team is of course also interested in how strong it's <laughs> So. So sometimes you you kind of uh, um, yeah kind of have to protect them a little bit to make sure that they don't take it uh, because it's 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 hard sometimes to. And you know, I mean, just just avoid Reddit and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I have a really good points. Do you know any Nicole? Yeah, that this is uh, something I haven't experienced yet, and hopefully I will not, but probably. Um... Yes, I, I haven't uh, experienced the release of the game yet, uh, but I would believe that our marketing manager would be very important in like filtering out. Um, but I was also thinking about how hard it is for us uh, as human beings to to take the the good comments. I think I read something that you need to hear a positive comment like twenty one times before you actually start believing it. But a negative comment, you just okay, that's that's the truth. That's the way it is. Um, so yeah, I think what you've said, like, do not share the negative comments with the team, just boost the good stuff, uh, so they can feel good about themselves. I think that's the way to go. But, but, but I still think because it, it's at, at least with the, the colleagues I'm working with, like, and myself included, I wouldn't, uh, expect them to like, not go out on social media and read what, what the, the players are thinking because. We're so excited to show this product to the world, basically. <laughs> so we want to get the feedback. As, as I, it's, I, I think w what you said, uh, Nicole, is great. Like uh, comments like that, like, like you need to hear twenty happy comments and and one negative, and you will listen to the negative or whatever. Those, if you if you kind of teach or whatever you should say to the team about these things, so they get more aware on. That they, they, there's there is a positive side and, and that's more valuable to listen to basically. Uh, I I think it can come a long way there, not not trying to shield them too much because I don't I, well, I don't think it <laughs> that, that works entirely. I mean, it's like that when you're small, like uh, and everybody is so I put all the love and energy into a product, and of course everybody wants to see 
what people think about it. So it's it's kind of hard to 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 make sure they don't check things. Uh, but of course, uh, as you grow, if you get a community manager who can like handle that that stuff. It, it kind of helps the rest of the team to kind of distance and you only fit it through the constructive feedback and features, requests and bug reports and stuff like that. So it's more like uh, a healthier way to to attack things from, from the players. And yeah, that's a very, very, very good. That, that's a very challenging thing. Uh, of course, everybody wants their product to be the best in the world, uh, but sometimes it's uh, so it is, especially on PC, because you have like thousands of different configurations, but <laughs> it's impossible to, to make sure that the, everything works on, on release. Awesome. Some very, very good points there on, on Goran's question. Um, Patrick, I love the, the idea, obviously in terms of the whole topic, in terms of the healthy culture, you know, picking out golden nuggets from, you know, social media just to boost morale with your team. Really, really good. Ali, on, you know, your whole sort of social media team, sort of not just choosing golden nuggets, but also sort of filtering and sifting through, you know, different opinions to not just give, you know, morale, but also constructive sort of feedback in a, in a healthy, positive way. Um, really, really good. Um, and obviously, Nicole, you're completely right in what you're saying. Obviously, everyone needs to hear, you know, positive comments a lot more than what we do with negative comments. I'm pretty sure we've probably all been through that personally uh, at some point. And, you know, hopefully you don't have to, to get that many times uh, in your future career at Frog Song. Um, but yeah, awesome. Um, before we do end the podcast today, I just want to thank, you know, each of you so much uh, to our guests for sharing all your thoughts in today's conversation. Um, and once again, our guests today on the podcast have been Ali Fahar at Star Stable, Goran Merland at Miss Games, Patrick Swartz at 8-Bit Bandits, and Nicole Weiberg of Frog Song Studios. If you are hiring for new technical roles or just looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I am Aaron, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And thanks again for our guests, and thank you for listening at home. We hope you can join us next time.